It is March 29th, 2021, on the road to WrestleMania. And you insist to pull me down. You contradict the fact that you still want me around. Oh, why, WWE? Why do you do this every week? I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Justin Labar and Jack Farmer. Jack, great to have you here tonight. About halfway through the show, though, I got angry at Raj Giri because it was like, oh, you get to turn this off. He tweeted, I'm shutting it down, hanging out with my daughters for the night. And I just thought, oh, you jerk. You get to tune out. And Jack, glad to have you here. But what a night. What a night for you to uh, be on the Monday Night Raw podcast. Yeah, when, you know, when, when I first got the uh, the opportunity, when Raj first reached out, I was like, what an opportunity. What a cool, <laughs> cool thing. And then, uh, the, you know, I watched Raw and I go, I see what happened here. I see what he did. He threw me under the bus. But uh, no, I, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to chat wrestle with you guys. Yes, it's very much like Tom Sawyer and painting the fence. We've all been hoodwinked <laughs> by Raj Geary. Oh, isn't yep. it fun to watch wrestling and talk about it with an audience? Uh, Jackson Callens. 499 saying, uh, Jack, Jack here is a Johnny fan. Cobra Kai. What if yeah. Chris is Johnny's father? Raw sucked. So that's my question. <laughs> the question is Raw sucked or the question is what? If uh, what if Chris uh, is Johnny's father? Um, all I want to see in that show, the thing that I would pay to see on paper is I want to see Johnny just beat Chris up. I, whether he's his dad or not, I don't care. Whoever, whatever the relationship is. Sure. Let him be his dad. Either way. I just want to see Johnny just beat the crap out of Chris. It will be will be quite satisfying. Uh, Michael Sachs Jr. thanking me for answering his question on Twitter. He was asking about what about Morningstar Farms for uh, as a plant based food brand, and that is the gateway brand for many people, but it is uh, not the best, not even close these days. Ironically, it's the it's the gateway, but it's it's one of the worst. Except for their veggie corn dogs, the veggie corn dogs are still probably the best ones out there. They're even better than the field roast ones. It's the gateway because if you get through that, then you'll oh, be it's okay. True. Then, then you're like Gardein is like, oh, this is this is literally uh, heaven. <laughs> uh, Karana Shah, $2. Speaking of food, my food buddy, we DM all the time about hot sauce, condiments, and the like. Uh, congrats, RVD, Hall of Fame. Uh, RVD and Riddle segments incoming, LOL. I, um, I hope so. I love RVD. I will say of all the Hall of Fame people who have gone in over the years, this one makes me feel old. This one, this one hits a little differently because uh, I remember RVD is the young up and coming cool guy that was going to take over the world. So now that he's in the Hall of Fame, it's like, if he's getting old, what am I? Well, and I can definitely get behind. I can definitely get behind the super chat, uh, especially after tonight, after Riddle, I guess, and gimmick we can just attribute to. He was so high, he forgot what he wanted to say. He just scooted off. That's what you get, <laughs> WWE, for making him do some live. Pre-tape or not even pre live backstage segments. Yeah, uh, Finn Ab saying we want the diva. Uh, I believe he means uh, NYC Demon Diva Isa from Friday Night Shows. Uh, it's been great working with her. Really enjoy having her on Friday nights. It's been uh, nice to change things up. Um, Stellar Justin Lopez nine ninety nine saying they broke up a good thing in the hurt business so Corbin can come over from SmackDown and join forces with Lashley to take out Drew. Let that settle in your heads for a minute. We'll get to it. Uh, what happened on tonight's Raw? We opened with uh, Lashley breaking up with the hurt business and getting into it with them. Jack, yeah. right call. Yeah, I mean, 
I think the, the big question I have is who does the Hurt Business's suits? Because they are the unsung hero of the WWE, in my opinion. Uh, Cedric in particular, looking particularly gussied up today. But um, I just, I mean, I think like everyone, this is probably what everyone's going to say. It sucks that they're breaking up the Hurt Business. I love the Hurt Business. They're one of my favorite things going on for the past year. Every one of those guys has shined and grown and gotten better. And it just feels like right now they're peaking. Right now they're doing great. This is the worst time to break them up. Breaking them up is something you would do in the doldrums after WrestleMania when you're trying to figure out what to do and you're kind of sending people on their separate ways. But right now it doesn't make sense. This is when everything, especially the way it seems like Lashley is being positioned, this is when everything's supposed to be clicking for him. This is when everything's supposed to be going well, not his team falling apart and people coming after his own team coming after him. And I don't really, I don't really get the thinking. Uh, and it seems very out of nowhere, which again, if this was the doldrums after WrestleMania, I'd, I'd shrug it off and say, whatever extreme rules is coming up. But with WrestleMania, just in a couple weeks, it seems like a very weird move. Uh, and I mean, I obviously we'll talk about how things ended at the end of the show, but I'm really disappointed that two guys like Shelton and Cedric, who are amazing, are getting bumped out of a, a spot that is near the top of the card. Yeah, uh, to, to further what Jack said, I mean, you were two weeks away from Mania inside of two weeks. And this already, in a way, it's you know good for Lashley that he can say he finally had a world title run on his resume. Uh, but, it all, but it very much feels like this is a manufactured situation to recreate what they did last year, which is to have Drew have this big moment. And, okay, now he finally gets in front of fans. Um, so you're doing that. And then, oh, by the way, two weeks before, you, he loses his group. You know, I mean, it, it, yeah, it just kind of almost just like screams, hey, he's losing the title in two weeks. No, nothing to see here. He doesn't need this, this group. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, good that Shelton got a match later in the night. We could talk about it. I mean, Shelton's a, a, an athletic stud. You know, he's in the same class as Bobby, as Brock in terms of, um, you know, legit fight fighter. Uh, he doesn't get portrayed that, at least nowhere near consistently. So, I mean, you know, kind of cool in that way. And Cedric gets a singles match next week. But, yeah, at the end of the day, this this is very, like, premature. Again, wait wait until after Lashley loses the title to have his lackeys and say, okay, well, there's no no more power, no more, no more power to be uh, sucking up to here. We're out. Pieces. And if I can just jump in real quick about the, the Drew McIntyre getting his moment in front of the fans. With all due respect to Drew McIntyre, he's done a lot. He deserves a lot of great things. But... Bobby Lashley deserves a moment in front of fans too. I mean, he's also been going for 16 years doing all sorts of crazy, terrible storylines and angles and putting him, he's been through so much as well, but he's also been with the, he's, he's done so much. He deserves it just as much as Drew does. I would say, I mean, I don't know these guys personally. I don't know what they've been through personally per se, but they've both been in the business for a very long time and have both been working really hard for a long time and have not necessarily always gotten the best things handed to them along the way. I think Lashley deserves it just as much as anyone else does to have a moment in front of the fans at WrestleMania, in my opinion. There was a point tonight at, towards the end of Raw where I thought that my second WrestleMania that I ever went to live was Mania 23 in Detroit, where Lashley was uh, Donald Trump's guy against Vince and Umaga. And I was like, man, if you would have told me in 2007 that, uh, what are we, if, uh, 14, or, what are we, <laughs> 14 years later, yeah. Lashley would be in this position and Trump would have just left office. I would have been like, 
<laughs> what are you smoking, man? This is nuts. By the way, in an arena filled with screens instead of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Add on to it. <laughs> it is crazy. Um, but let's talk about the real segments tonight that shine, and that's Matt Riddle backstage on a scooter interacting with the talent. Uh, Justin, you weren't here last week when it occurred to me that they're writing Matt like he's stoner Steve Urkel, which <laughs> uh, with his, was it something I said? Uh, and the way he's just annoying everyone. Um, however much he's getting beat up, like let's triple that amount and just keep that going. And, and see, the riddle thing is like a fine line for me. I actually, to a point, because he is a, like, you know, he is a tough guy. He's a badass. He shows in the ring in his match against Sheamus, but, you know, obviously his MMA career. So I, I get, and Matt has said this, uh, you know, I've heard Matt say this, like, he can be a goof because, hey, I'm the goof that can still kick your ass. And like, and, and I buy into it. So like, to a point, I can allow him be, you know, I can allow for him to be the stoner goof. But yeah, and then it gets to a point of like, just... I don't even feel like you're taking confrontation seriously. You know, it kind of gets to a line of that. Um, so yeah, it's Stoner Steve Urkel, obviously, Glenn. You know my, you know my family matters, uh, pop culture uh, love. There, I, I can definitely buy into that. That definitely feels like that's what's going on here. He, he definitely sounds like a someone who is right. It sounds like he's being uh, written by someone who's seen a lot of movies about being high, but hasn't been high themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's interesting because he, he's been very, I think he's just like, if you go back to the black and gold brand, when he was on NXT, he still was that same kind of character, but he was so lovable and he was so great. And I mean, in the ring, he does such amazing things, but yeah, when he's backstage doing this stuff, talking about food all the time and, and mixing up hosting and roasting and it's, it's all stuff that if this seems like one of those old nineties, or 80s commercials like this is your brain on drugs this is how you're going to act if you smoke weed kids <laughs> this it just it doesn't feel real it doesn't feel like him it doesn't it i just does I, it doesn't feel natural for me and i love matt riddle i think matt riddle on nxt was fantastic and i don't want to be that guy that's like on oh, nxt they were great but it it's because it was kind of the same thing but he was so lovable there and still was great in the ring i don't know he just feels micromanaged to me here so to be clear, to summarize, Jack thinks that Vince saw a dare or just say no campaign in the 80s or early 90s. And he <laughs> applied that to the booking here. Yeah, it sounds like, <laughs> I mean, the things he does, I mean, it's just, it's silly to me. I don't know. I, and it, I, I don't get it. it. It seems like they, they, yeah, exactly. You nailed it. You got it right. I'm not going to justify <laughs> it. <anymore. laughs> no, it's not a bad call, though. Um. So, uh, Seamus level laid out which was funny it's, that's actually a funny yeah. gif is, is is riddle scooting along singing about food or whatever he's doing and Seamus just bulldozes him um so riddle versus Seamus tonight Seamus getting the win so i mean i'm hoping they don't flip this i think Seamus should just like put him on a stretcher at wrestlemania and then riddle should be written off tv for like six months you just don't like really don't like matt riddle and the way they're yes. writing him like yeah. like it's let me be clear it's not him as a person it's not him as a fighter but this character is probably man this is probably the worst character justin what was worse than this in recent memory oh god <laughs> uh <laughs> i mean because i'm thinking what what retribution as a whole I mean, no retribution concept. at least they had the cool masks 
Oh, cool mass. At least uh, slap nuts, tea bag. We got some good laughs out of that. No, look, Riddle. Riddle is salvageable. The, the annoying thing with the whole. First off, again, I, I, to not be completely negative, the Sheamus Riddle match itself. Two hard, two guys I like to just hit hard. So you know, to not be completely negative this entire podcast, this match is fun to watch. Sheamus mm-hmm. is the white noise on the apron, which is the which is just the most painful spot to take a bump ever on the ring. It, it's it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Uh, you know, the match is good. The problem again, never mind again Riddle's character. It's it's this this stupid formula they they have they have adopted over the last fifteen years. They they really go to it where, okay, to create the number one contender. The, ch- the champion's going to get beat, and then that gets. It's like we don't have to keep doing that. I you don't. I don't need Sheamus to beat Riddle for them. For them, especially with Sheamus being the heel, I don't need him to beat Riddle to then get Sheamus a number one contenders match. Uh, you know, so that's where it drives me nuts that we see this so often. That, you know, that's. That, yeah, but the match itself is great. If you just look at it in the box of bell to bell, yeah, great match, fun match, loved it. But it's just the oh great, the champion just got beat again, again inside of two weeks to Mania. Yeah, to Sheamus' credit, who, by the way, Sheamus, sneakily one of the best resumes on the WWE roster right now. Uh, I feel like he's kind of trying to prove that he still has another run at the top in him based on his matches and his promos and everything he's been doing lately because all of his matches have just been hard-hitting, good matches. I mean, he keeps taking L's, but like all of his matches are match of the night contenders every single time, even his matches that, you know, he has no chance in winning. Uh, but, but I agree the, I hate seeing champs lose. Uh, I try to imagine if you were watching any other situation, if you were watching UFC and it, it, like, could you imagine a champ losing and not losing the title? And then just being, oops, he, he lost. I guess we'll have a rematch down the road. That would be silly. And, and tonight not to jump ahead, we had two champions get pinned and a third champion get laid out. Yeah. Uh, for Hushberger, how dare you besmirch the name of the Funkasaurus is somehow being uh, worse or as bad as Matt Riddle. Love me some Funkasaurus. Um, just, uh, Again, with, with Riddle, if he just acted normal, everything they want from him would come across if he just acted normal. It's just the, yeah. the little things they put in there that make him sound very inauthentic the funkasaurus had that theme song too like that's one of the best entrance pieces of entrance music and he had the dance with the hands the shirt like the jurassic park outline well riddle's got birds now too yeah what was with the freaking birds at the beginning (laughs) when he kicks off his his flip-flops i actually was wondering did i miss something was there something about birds that i i didn't catch and that's why they were added in jack to your point earlier it was just another this would be a psychedelic trip if we had some birds to the screen. <laughs> That's probably what it was. <laughs> if they're going to do something like that, yes. it should have been, been flip flops that fly out at the screen. If they're trying to do yes. some three D thing, like, like in the Three Profits with the cups, they to could that, have like. To that point, I'm still surprised that he's still able to wrestle barefoot. Vince notoriously hates uh, guy. He does, you know, like like um, you know, Rusev used to do it, and then Rusev rolled his ankle taking a, sp- yeah. a bump over the top rope, and Vince said, "You're wearing boots from this point on." I'm surprised that Riddle is still wrestling barefoot and that Vince has not put a mandate on that. <laughs> I knew we got some show to get to covering here, Justin, but I need to take a time out for a second. And uh, just give me, with Vince's knowledge of weed culture, give me Vince's pitch backstage to creative for what Riddle's character is going to be based on what Vince knows of stoner humor. So the guy smokes the weed. So let's make sure it's only... WWE can do it. 
we capture the weed, Matt Riddle, and all the bros. Just imagine if he spent a lunch next to Ted Turner and Paul Heyman. That's the bro we're going for. I don't know. Accurate. Accurate. Uh, Jackson Callens, 499. Riddle going to get heat backstage in the segment was an actual F up of me stating character regardless, LOL. It was a screw up. It was live. It was, I don't, I guess they did a lie because like Riddle still had the bruises, very apparent bruises from his, his match against Seamus. But yeah, it was very much, that was not like a, uh, I mean, I'm, I don't know if that, that you could see, even see Oscar's face. She was like looking off. At whoever saying, what do I do? And they just kind of kept it going. Michael, the virus yeah. making a good point. When you're high, you see birds fly around. I think we all know that. So yeah, clearly. Ah, <laughs> uh, Alonzo, can we move on from Matt Riddle? There's more Matt Riddle. This whole show is Matt Riddle, bro, <laughs> bro, bro. Alonzo, this chat room would be nothing without you and your commentary. I appreciate it. Um, so after this, oh good lord! Uh, Drew talking to just Styles Nomos. They were cutting a promo on the new day. By the way, can we get a shout out? That I think this is way earlier in the show. Drew was wearing an awesome leather coat tonight. Yeah. I never seen that before. Did you guys see that? Yeah, he wore the hell out of that leather jacket too. It was yeah. Can you buy that? It's a. Like, I did the same thing. I went to WWE shop. I was like, is this on sale? Pay two hundred bucks for it if it's a good good jacket. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because yeah, it was a. I, I remember thinking that's a, that's yeah. a sick jacket. And I'm not even Scottish. It had like the Scottish. <laughs> I'm not even Scottish. I'm like I'll wear it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it too. Yeah, though I bet if you order it on like the shop zone, it's not as good quality as the, no. <laughs> the one he's wearing. No, it's it's a faux oh, yeah. leather faux leather that falls apart quickly. <laughs> yeah, like leather. Um, so oh, you know, forget Riddle. Let's talk about the actual highlight of tonight's show, which was Shane McMahon cutting his promo with Braun Strowman's report card, exposing Braun Strowman and his academic record. Jack, go ahead. Yeah, you know it's so funny. I when when we started, like I remember going into this, I was like, I'm going to try to be as positive as possible today, just to, Wrong to podcast bring, for that bring some uh, bring some <laughs> smiles, but. Did you guys notice that even the piped-in crowd noise was quiet during the second? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you if you go back and watch it too, like Elias's body language the entire time was you could tell he was like, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life." Uh, just I I don't I've never understood where this is coming, like where this is going, or what the what the point of Shane McMahon coming back in just to call Braun Strowman stupid is, like what Braun did or why Braun even cares. Uh, I will say for what it's worth, I think Riker is one of those guys that like fits this role as far as being the guy that gets beat up by Braun, who looks intimidating, but still gets beat at the end. Um, and I do want to say, uh, Shane McMahon did kind of prove himself right at the end here. Cause at the end, Braun says that he gets to choose the stip and it's going to be a steel cage match, but he didn't think it through. You see, if they're stuck in the steel cage, Braun can't do his train move on the outside. Oh, Shane McMahon's already outsmarted him. He's already won. Shane made a point, I think. Choo-choo. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, I like this is tough because I was like, you know, I, you know, I was ringing the Braun Strowman bell 
for many years. I, I was at I was I was at several matches of him versus Brock Lesnar. I was like, he needs to beat Brock, and he and he wouldn't be, you know. And, and I and I I'm a fan of Shane, quite honestly. But Shane McMahon is fighting Braun Strowman at a WrestleMania, and I can say with a straight effing face that I am more looking forward to a match that involves the Miz and a guy named Bad Bunny. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. And maybe I'm most upset because I picture Shane. Mania, Raymond James Stadium. I want to see him climb the, the Buccaneer ship and jump off of it. But again, a cage is supposed to contain them. So hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not into this at all. I just, I, I've tried. And I, and I, and, and Jack, I know we're new here. I'm usually, I get, one day I get called on the WWE ass kisser that I make um, every excuse for the McMahons and Triple H. And then, and, and then the other day I'm the, I'm the AEW ass kisser. So I don't know which one it is, but like I can't ass kiss this one. I can't. I, I mean, I, again, it's, like so, what if, if Braun wins? Is he not stupid? I don't, I don't understand the logic of this. The report whole thing. cards get redacted, <laughs> right? The te- like, is his math teacher going to come out and be like, "I'm sorry, Braun, you beat up your boss. You are smarter than I said you were." Uh, but I will say, we can we can make fun all we want. We're but I I will say this. I promise you, after this match, we're all going to talk about how cool the spots were in the Braun Strowman, Shane McMahon cage match. We're all going to love it. We can make I fun of so. it. I hate how we're getting there. We're going to love it, though. I hope so. I know. I, 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 I hope so. I hope they get out of the cage. I hope they get to the train, to the, the, the Buccaneer ship and, and they jump off or throw off. Yeah, I just I don't I just don't get it. I, I can't imagine the backstage pitch of like, what if I just come out here and call you stupid and you just take it? And then I beat you over the head with a camera and dump slime on your head. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, I guess the defense, again, here, here's my WWE ass kisser. I guess the defense is Shane is being so overly obnoxious that, you know, he normally comes off with a cool factor. You know, here's a guy who, who is the most athletic of the McMahons. And he does. <laughs> not saying much. <laughs> well, you know, you know, but he's so, he is athletic. He, you know, he is cool and trendy he wears different you know the shoe collection you know, like he is the cooler so maybe this is just i mean this is just his, his yeah. biggest attempt to be like how much how 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 much heat can i get to be as uh, as be as obnoxious and lame as possible i don't know it's not like the fight for the best looking baldwin like uh, <laughs> just, uh i mean it's it's an interesting point though because i always think if he came out as more um lovable and if he was if if braun was bullying him and it was like a rolls reverse thing then I'd be all for it. But I just don't get why this guy who should have better things to do at this time is suddenly coming out, making fun of Braun, who's done nothing to him. <laughs> like it wasn't even around at all. And again, it doesn't solve anything. Like what is the, what does the match solve in any, even if, even if Braun pins him, Shank, yeah, but you're still stupid. Like imagine the pitches that Braun Strowman in his young career has received around mania time. He's received, you're going to have a tag team partner and it's going to be referee John Cone's kid that we're going to put in the, in the crowd. He's <laughs> 10 years old. All right, Braun, you're going to have a match. We're going to call you <laughs> stupid because you're just some big dumb da da da. I mean, he's got the creme to the creme of the rainy season at this point. You know, just. That's true. It's not. We've talked about this before, like, even if you look back in, in TV and film, like, bullies sometimes have good writers to where you're, you're supposed to, like, feel kind of bad for laughing at it. But Shane's not even coming with, with D-level material. Like, these are, like, 
like get Jeff Ross or some roast guys in there, you know, punch up these jokes a little bit at least. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. Yeah. Cause none of these, it's not even funny. Like the, the, the doctored uh, report card with a dunce cap on his head like this, if, <laughs> like I can't imagine them going, yeah, that's what we'll do. That's the cool thing. That'll really get them. I mean, like I said, even the piped in crowd noise, like seriously, if you check out the pipe, it was like dead silent in that arena when he, they were doing this. It was even crazy. the person, even the person running the audio is like, ah, oh, shit, I can't, I can't even encourage <laughs> this one. It's like, I have ethics. <laughs> <laughs> I have ethics as, as the manufactured sound guy here. <laughs> when I went to manufactured sound school, I took an oath. <laughs> People are going to resign in protest. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, want to give a quick shout out to the sponsor of this episode, which is Stereo. And this week, the after show, as it were, with myself and Matt Morgan, comes back to Stereo. Stereo is a live social conversation app where you can host your own chats, participate in other people's, or just sit back and listen. You can ask your own questions by recording audio. We play them on the show. It's been fantastic. Matt Morgan and I have done these for over two months now. Uh, Stereo is available for iOS and Android. And what's cool is if you listen live, you can participate. If you want to listen after the fact, you can listen to it just like you would any other podcast. And Matt Morgan and I have put something like 20 hours of exclusive content on stereo talking about diet, exercise, mental health, um, both of our stories, how we've uh, found success in various fields, uh, our entertainment choices, talking about old music, just really diving into it. And we'd love for you to join us. So here's all you got to do. Download that stereo app available for iOS or Android. And once you install it, do me a favor and follow me, Glenn Rubenstein on there. Follow Matt Morgan on there and follow NYC Demon Diva because Issa is doing stereo shows throughout the week as well. You'll be notified whenever we go live. And again, if you follow any of those profiles, you can go back and listen to our past shows. Uh, we very much appreciate your support. Uh, thank you for supporting stereo. When you support the sponsors of this podcast, you help make it possible. So thanks to stereo for sponsoring us. And, uh, Matt and I look forward to seeing you back on the platform and hearing your questions later this week. Uh, Braun Strowman beat up Jackson Riker, then said, yes, it's going to be a steel cage match with Shane because he chose the stipulation, man, just from one a plus segment to the next uh after this we went to the miz and morrison with their music video hey hey hop hop at bad bunny um now jack what is your hairdresser is your hairdresser excited for this match <laughs> i loved the i love john morrison's hair i will not take yeah. any john morrison slander i don't know what you guys have to say but well, apparently think... barbers barbers and hairstylists across the country are very excited about bad bunny in wwe at least according <laughs> to twitter <laughs> oh yes that's true yeah 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 i have my my barber won't stop talking about bad bunny every time i'm in there um I'm going to be honest with you, though. I thought this was great. I think John Morrison and The Miz are the perfect annoying duo to deal with someone like Bad Bunny. If I was tuning into WWE for the first time because I heard Bad Bunny was on, mm -hmm. this is the exact kind of duo that I would want to see him beat up. They're supposed to be annoying, and they are super annoying. Uh, the only My only gripe was that I thought the video played a little too long, but yes. um, yeah. if, if they just did a snippet of it, I think it would have been great. I think I think it worked for me personally, and that punch that Bad Bunny threw, he had some yep. heat on it. Yeah, the, this, yeah, yeah, yes, the it went long. I mean, the video was like four minutes, maybe more. It was long. <laughs> it was very long. It's very yeah. long. Um, but I I do get it. it is one of those things again. Heat. You're trying to get heat. That's the whole point here. Heat. Heat on the heat to help the outsider who is um, 
Here's a baby face. You know, I mean, I've I've supported the Miz over the years. I still do. Uh, you know, the knock on him, he's a natural heel. Mike Mizan is a natural heel, but the knock on him is like, okay, like, are you scared of him? Like, is he ever a threat? So this is a great situation because he can, you can try to perceive him as a threat as he's the trained wrestler. He's bigger than Bad Bunny, you know, who's who's not a you know not a big big dude. So like I'm I'm into all that. Yeah, it was an annoying. The song's annoying. That's heat. It's a little long. A little bit of a waste of time. A little redundant. And but yeah, they get into the point of you know Priest is out there, and then Bad Bunny throws a great punch. And 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 not to you know not to pull the curtain back. It was a work punch. He he didn't he didn't Floyd Mayweather Miz <laughs> like 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 Floyd did Big Show. It was a working punch, which all the more reason I'm I'm actually that why I said earlier when I was knocking Shane and Braun. I'm excited to see this match because. It seems pretty obvious to me. Bad Bunny, who we we've heard is a is a passionate fan and has been training. The training's going well because he threw a better work punch than some regulars I've seen on WWE mm. programming. The where he was able to locate and, and and all the movements, the way he was able to throw this work punch, it looked good. It sounded good. Everything went great. So like, and the fact that WWE on a this wasn't a pre taped segment. This was again live. They trusted him to throw this punch, knowing okay, if this guy throws a punch and it's a dud. He looks bad. Miz has got to sell it. Miz, our, our, our former world champion, looks bad. So the fact they trusted him tells me sure. they've seen some good things out of his training, uh, assuming at the PC, and that I'm actually looking forward to seeing this match because I think this match will surprise some people on, on how well it, it comes off. It won't just be a total uh, schmoss so, fest. In fairness, uh, you know, I joke, but no, Bad Bunny, I think, uh, not since Cindy Lauper, as someone from the music business, does done as much for WWE as Bad Bunny has over these last few months. And I think that he's bringing new eyes to the product. Um, he's serving as an ambassador for the brand. I think his involvement is good. I think, though, you know, in my mind, this is an opportunity for Miz and Morrison to step up their game a little bit, and I feel like they're just kind of retreading to things they've already done in the past. The, the, the biggest harm that's being done right now, and, and this can still this had they have up to the point of the bell ringing to correct this, is that uh, Damian Priest dealing with some minor injuries is why ah. at this point has not, it's not been a tag match. Priest is the one who benefits the most out of this. Miz and Morrison are kind of made guys. They they they've been where they've been. They've hit their ceiling. Bad Bunny. Coming in with all of with all of his fanfare and his following, Puerto Rican star who's in the mainstream right now, Damian Priest, been is so far been booked very strong since being on the quote unquote main roster. Also Puerto Rican, so like Priest is the one who who wins out of all this. So him not being on the match graphic is the harm. They can still correct it to the point of the match starts. Morrison jumps in, you know, whatever. It's 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 clear that it's a two on one process, and then you know Adam Pierce or whoever comes out and says, "Let's make it a tag match," and, and Priest all of a sudden. So they can still correct it, but that's been the biggest harm is that Priest not being on the match graphic for this is 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 there. What's the uh, do we, I I don't know what his injury is. Do you know what his his injury is? I I, I wasn't aware of that. It's not public, but that oh. that's been the thing. Both he and Morrison have just had some minor things, so mm. they, that that's what's withheld them from committing to putting those guys in the match at this point i see yeah because i mean if if i'm priest i'm I obviously you have to be safe but yeah you're right i think this is his chance to really step beyond any other wrestler right now and do something that no one else has the opportunity to do which is tie into that pop culture phenomenon that is bad bunny and it, it's that and i i don't say that jokingly he's a huge star oh, yeah. he's a big deal 
And so, yeah, I think he wants to tie onto that as, as much as possible. Bad Bunny being great, though, doesn't really surprise me. I think WWE knows how to train uh, celebrities at this point, whether it be like a Pat McAfee who came in and looks great whenever he's in NXT. Um, and they, there was another celebrity that was around recently, I want to say, that looked pretty good in the ring. I think they just know how to get them to do what they need to do to look good in the ring. Pat McAfee, I guess, is a whole other situation. But um, uh, I, you know, I think they just know what they're doing and getting guys ready for those moments. Agreed. Uh, Craig Nuon, two pounds, saying what's the point in WrestleMania season now? Meh. I mean, the the biggest thrill about Mania is just having twenty five thousand fans. Is you know, we've been starved from that for a year. Is just having the fans. That's that, that, that's that's honestly was. I don't think it will be, but Mania could have subpar matches. But I think that we will all have a certain like gloss to it. Just the fact that we're happy just to see fans. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, so let's see. Oh, uh, how do I get to this chat? Sorry. I'm trying to keep up with this. Uh, oh, uh, Ethan Kaufman, $5 saying, why do opponents got to be tag partners? Oscar should have no interest in teaming with Rhea after the last two weeks. This raw was trash. I, yeah, I, I, I think it's one of those things that's fun, but they've definitely used that used that move a few too too many times too often, especially recently. It seems like they do it every single week at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. It can be a fun thing when it's done rarely, but yeah, they've definitely spoiled us on that. And I don't know. This is one of those times, and this is where I'm going to sound like a apologist for the WWE, but obviously with things like COVID, sometimes you don't know who's available. And so maybe their hands get tied a little bit at times, but um, it's definitely something that they've it, they've gone to that well far too many times recently. Yeah, the, their running theme is, uh, can they coexist? Yes. Jody yes. Shauna Jenkins, Canadian, $5, saying I would take Master P and the No Limit Soldiers again all day over Bad Bunny. But you know what? I remember, I, I remember that time. Bad, bad and, and look, I am not. I'm, I, I am not Bad Bunny's demo, but I can recognize and say Bad Bunny is even bigger in the states than what Master P was at that what 1999, mm -hmm. I guess, period for WWE. So I mean, again, I'm not the demo, but I recognize there are people that their eyes are shifted over to this because of Bad Bunny. Yes. Oh, and I uh, missed this earlier. Chris Kuzmich, uh, with the super chats, had finally laughed at the riddle segment because he forgot his lines. I wonder sometimes if that's supposed to be intentional. Like maybe maybe he's that good of an actor. No, that did not look. That did no. not look intentional. Neither of them looked like they did that on purpose. Even the way he kind of rolled off screen looked very like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm in trouble. But maybe not. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Shelton Benjamin. Bobby getting the win. I'm assuming next week he's going to fight more of the hurt business. He fight. As Cedric said, "I want him next week." There you go. So is Bobby, are they doing a face turn? What's what's happening with all this? You know, I'm wondering if they're hedging their bets a little bit on what's going to happen when there's a live crowd and trying to keep things open so that, because I've been of the belief personally, I think the fans at home love Bobby Lashley. And I think no matter how they present, I think they've been leaning into presenting him more and more as the, the villain in this situation. Yeah. Um, but I think people love Bobby Lashley. I, I am all in on team Lashley. I want Lashley to win. I'm fully supportive of him in this. I think there's a lot of people. I don't think it's going to be as cut and dry people cheering for drew as they think it is. 
And I think they're kind of just trying to hedge their bets on that a little bit. So if he does get cheers, they can be like, yeah, he broke away from the hurt business and doing it on his own if they need to. I disagree with that. I think I think the crowd will be overwhelmingly supportive of Drew. I don't I don't think there'll be a mix, but I do think that there's probably a I do think there's probably a resentment towards Bobby's booking of like like I, I, every fan I've ever talked to. I, I mean, I feel like every time I ever talk to fans in, in in person meetings or social media, like it always comes back to they want the Bobby Brock, even if yeah. Brock beats him. But it's just like you have again. It's same thing as you know, Riddle's tried to develop his own and manufacture his own interest of him versus Brock, which <laughs> who knows? But like, like the Bobby Brock thing is just there. It's just like you know, Brock has had a situation where Brock has been so dominant from SummerSlam of uh, 2014, where uh, Suplex City was created, where he just where he borderline squashed Cena. From that point on, he's he's in that he's been in that persona of Suplex City and, and just the dominance. And he's even beat a, f- a few people repeatedly to where people are like, why? Well, why isn't Lashley been? Why hasn't Lashley been presented as a a viable mm-hmm. contender? So I think that's kind of the thing. Like Lashley's now on the top of the card right now, but we've had Brock nowhere to be seen since last year. It's like I think that's what's missing that people want to see. I yeah. think with with the Bobby Lashley versus Brock thing too. I'm a huge Brock Lesnar fan. I always say I'm the uh, the head Broccoli of the Brock flock. But no, no, we, no. Isa uh, Demon Diva is is head of you. I promise you. But you can be number two. Okay. Well, I'll I'll I'll, I'll take that. But the I think up until now, really the like the I, uh, Bobby Lashley wasn't there. I I don't think anyone would have believed that match. It would have been kind of a like Brock's not going to have a match with the Bobby Lashley that's bending over, you know, he's Brock's not going to have a, a match with the, the Bobby Lashley who's married to Lana. But, but to your point, this Bobby Lashley, the leader of the hurt business, that prints money that I want to see. And like I said, I'm team Lashley right now. I love Lashley. I want him to win this match and I would love to see him go on and face Brock at SummerSlam and beat Brock too. Uh, so maybe that's why I'm the second uh, person in the Brock flock. But, uh, um, but to, to as far as in the past goes, I don't think that Lashley was really there until now. So now I want to see it. I think uh, Drew was such a good heel. We kind of took it for granted. And the babyface turn in the buildup to last WrestleMania made sense. But he's really been nothing since, you know? And I'd like to see him get that the dangerous edge back. He is uh, not the Scottish psychopath anymore. Yeah, he sort of seems to be just like waiting for people and then they bounce off of him kind of uh, over the past year. It's one of those things where being dominant, I think, has kind of hurt him over the past year and and just crushing people for so long has kind of hurt him. I don't know if it's the fans, um, but yeah, I want to see him more. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's this because today he seemed pretty vicious to him going yeah. to the locker room seemed pretty vicious. But I but yeah, I don't know. I. I there's for me, there's something missing with Drew right now. When he beat up Heath Slater that night, that <laughs> was like probably in storyline the meanest thing I have seen on WWE TV. Yeah, like that was a really, really great heat seeking angle, and uh, they didn't capitalize on it. Jackson Callens, my man, 499, dude, Steve-O, Umaga, so interesting, the real story, one of my fave celeb things. I'm lost. I don't, I don't okay, know. Okay, I was hoping you guys would know. I'm sorry, Jackson. Yeah. We got nothing. I mean, is, is he talking, oh, wait, wait, bring it back up. Is he saying 
because uh, I mentioned Mania 23 earlier, like there was a uh, manga and then Steve Austin was the ref. Is that what he's uh, like? Is that I what they, against Vince and well, well, Vince was with the manga and then Trump and, and Lashley. Uh, yeah, because and then and then Steve the, the the billionaires had to shave their heads. Whoever lost and Steve yes. saved yeah. Austin. Said, oh, got him. Maybe I, I get that's the oh. only thing I can decipher out of that. Sorry, Jax. I don't know. At the time, that was a big deal. By yeah. the way, like it was actually really cool. I mean, I guess at this time, it'd still be a big deal if you had him on. My there. favorite, my my favorite is always Trump. I got my man. Come out here, Bobby. Come out here, Bobby. And always <laughs> come out here, Bobby. Here comes Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Ethan Kaufman, $5. Bruce needs to go. Sorry, Raw's been really bad. It makes no sense most of the time since he's been in charge. He's a yes man to Vince, so he won't. Uh, stop with that. People, I, I, never mind. It's too late in the night. It, it, it is 12 and 9 on the East Coast here. I'm not going to get into this whole Bruce Pritchard's booking this shit wrong. I'm not going to get into that. Yes. Jackson meant good celeb stuff in general. Like when the Muppets hosted. Why can't we go back to that? <laughs> they should just be the permanent GM. Just just hosting all the time. I remember I wasn't watching wrestling for a while. And then when Jeremy Piven hosted, for some reason I was flipping channels. I was like, this is going to be interesting. And it was. <laughs> I didn't. That did not compel me to come back to wrestling. Was that the night that it was him and uh, Dr. Ken and they called it uh, yes. Summer, Summerfest? Yeah. 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 That, was, that was really Good bad. Time. Good times. That was really, really bad. Amy Kimball, $5. Will WrestleMania be two nights every year going forward? Love the pod. Jack is a great addition. Oh, thank you, Amy. I'd like it to. I like two nights. I think it's great. I think it gives everyone more time to do stuff, and I don't feel burned out after a seven-hour show. Yeah, I mean, it, it's gotten to the point where, yeah, uh, one night has become, you know, I mean, I uh, having been at so many of them recently, I, I, that's my complaint every year. People ask me, it's just, it's just so long. The 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 water cooler talk pre pandemic was to move into two nights. A lot of festivals and and other variety, other genres of entertainment have moved into that. Even you know we've seen in, in New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom. So it, that was already talked about prior to the pandemic. Um, it was just kind of came into then. Like, hey, what does that do? you know, logistically in terms of the, you know, they kind of already have the stadiums usually already under lock and key because they do rehearsals and such. So that's already there. Yeah. It just kind of becomes, what does it do then to the NXTs, the hall of fames? Now it's SmackDown's live Friday. But as we see this year, they're, 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 they're pivoting. They're finding an answer to that. They're doing, you know, takeover in the week and doing a, the taped hall of fame. And so I, I don't know for sure, but I, if I was to bet, I would bet, on more of the on a greater than fifty percent scale, that we will start seeing two night manias e even more moving forward. And Hall of Fame is live as a waste. Zook Enigma quickly. Well, the Hall of Fame is, is tape this year too. Uh -huh. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was hoping you guys Doing a quick run in. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? Location. It's Raj Giri, Everyone. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, you're, wait, you're telling me that I'm filling. I had to watch this damn show to fill in for you, hey, man. only for you to jump in 54 minutes later. Hey, man, that's that's how it goes. I, <laughs> I didn't watch all of Raw, but I think we can all admit that going into WrestleMania, I mean, growing up, WrestleMania was a huge part of my life. Like WrestleMania 3 and watching the Mega Powers explode with WrestleMania 5, and this sucks. I just feel like this build has, has been crap. Yes. 
Do you think it would be different if there was a crowd there? No. I feel like every <laughs> year it's gotten worse and worse. You don't you don't think so? And I'm, I'm just I, I'm just asking the question. I'll say uh, I, I will I will make this prediction. This is the what the second to last raw before Mania. This will be the lowest viewed raw, the lowest viewed second to last raw ever before Mania. And that even goes go back to 95, 94, early days of Raw. This will be and then next week's Raw, I hope, is better to go home, but I don't have much reason to believe otherwise. This will probably be the lowest rated Raws ever before Mania. Man, I was watching it and I was like, this is just not this is not what uh you need to build up you know uh momentum. I wonder I wonder, I don't know, it's so easy to just say, you know, the the booking is bad or whatever, but do you think maybe it's because they're trying to get too many matches on the card and it's kind of watering it down? Because there are some, like, the stuff on SmackDown is is great. I think Edge, Brian, (laughs) Reigns is amazing. Um, They have great stuff going on, but then because there's so many, there's also a lot of stuff that's not that great. Could it be that they're just trying to do too much? I don't even know if that's that because as of tonight, there was only two women's matches booked for WrestleMania. So I had assumed that they're going to do a women's tag team title match. That's not even on the books right now. Right now, it's just the 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 uh, uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks match, and then uh, 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 Rhea Ripley and Oscar. Those are the only two. They don't need, they don't have any other women's matches booked right now. Well, and the other that thing is that, like, t- as of today, that is the plan is just two women's matches. So I, it's not like they have a ton built. It's they're, they're playing catch up, I guess. I don't know. I could well, see an eight woman for the tag titles. I hope so. But right now, that's not on the book. The other thing that's worth noting is that, I mean, Raj, chime in if you've heard same or different. Vince, even, even with Vince still has more protocol and investment in Raw's creative, he is still more hands-off week to week on SmackDown from everybody that I talk to. And I don't I don't want to make this sound like it's all on Vince's shoulders of blame, but it does seem like SmackDown runs on a more just fluid fluid activity. And it that feels there is, yeah like and, it, there, mm-hmm. and there is more Raw, we're planning to do this, and all of a sudden is er, you turn or right. er, it, I, and, and but that's everybody. Everybody that I talk to this down there in Tampa says Vince is still more involved in Raw than he ever is with SmackDown. And then if you look at the two products, just I guess make your own conclusions. SmackDown has felt like the the better show for a year now. Oh, and, uh, Raw's been a mess, and uh, but yeah, to your point, I I, I think. You know, the priorities have shifted, and I don't know. Raj, where are you? You're not in. You're not in. Uh, I'm in the mountains. You're not in. You're <laughs> not in. The you're not in Geary Mansion. Where are no. you? I'm in the mountains. The mountains. Oh. And tomorrow, tomorrow morning is my second Moderna shot, so I'm. I'm oh, pumped. woohoo! Good luck. Let me know how that goes. I know. All right, guys. You guys have a good night. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Thanks. Thanks, Raj. You you enjoy your time off and time away. (laughs) People listen to to the audio only are so freaking confused. What the (laughs) hell just happened? (laughs) Got to do a run in every now and then. (laughs) Raj is in the mountains in a bunker right now. (laughs) Yeah.
Great. Uh, Xavier Woods versus AJ Styles. Uh, match got going a little bit. Then there was DQ almost uh, assisted AJ, caused disqualification, and uh, almost pressed Kofi uh, from the apron. High in the air after. Launching him into the barrier, into the virtual crowd. Uh, I'm excited to see almost wrestle. I think that's going to be a real high point of mania. Yeah, I mean, good bell to bell here. Obviously, the the Gaga before this was the game night stuff. Um, oh yeah, yeah, forgot about that. Pictionary, we watched Pictionary and charades. I, I mean, look again. I, this is kind of a fresh WWE matchup to see Styles versus Woods. True, I don't really true. recall much. So I mean, that's fun for, and it was pretty contained. But um, yeah, yeah, almost making his how we say it almost him making his debut at WrestleMania. It's like that. That's the story. But like. God, what pressure! This dude has been. This is he's kind of like a Braun, and what I mean by that is, uh, Braun did not have any NXT TV matches. Braun worked a little bit of live events in the in the Florida non TV live events for NXT, and then he was sent up to be part of the Wyatt family. And he learned on the fly. He learned from great guys like Brody and Bray, and he's evolved. Almost the same way, huge size grabbed. Hasn't had TV. His TV exposure has been to stand next to. AJ Styles. So the fact that his first match on TV is going to be at a WrestleMania, granted tag, be protected, be protected, but WrestleMania in front of fans when he hasn't had fans in the building around, he hasn't even had fans heckling him. And this is going to be his first. Uh, again, I wish him the best of luck and I'm hoping for him, but I am a little bit nervous about like how that, like that's, that's a huge task. Hey man, put some respect on Raw Underground. He was there with people. Oh, God. <laughs> I would like to he think was... Shane is still Don't running Raw there, Underground Jack. every Don't week. They're just not televising it, you know. <laughs> Jack, I left that off his resume on a purpose here. Let's not do that. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. That that's what we're tuning in for is to see exactly what he does. I think he looked great tonight with the two moves he did, uh, and he looks massive. I was thinking as they were making fun of his shirt, I was thinking. You know, when you're that big, every shirt you wear has to be super intentional because you have to probably order that specifically if you're his size. So um, I don't know why that just stuck out to me. But uh, about that, that shirt, that, that shirt color is the color he said in previous weeks is his favorite color. So that's oh. story, that's storyline continuity there. It was, but so, so like, but when he so he's like, I, he must really like that color because you can't just go to the store and pick that up. Like you can't go to uh, no, Amazon and say, yeah, I'd like the. 15 XL shirt to wear. He has to probably have someone make it specifically for him uh, at that size. But uh, Jack, you've never shopped at a big and tall store before. Have you? He's bigger than big and tall. It's... No, big and tall is big and tall. And uh, no, he's bigger and taller. <laughs> I'm sure they have stuff up to his size, but no big and tall shops traditionally have a much better selection of colors. I have found in my experience. <laughs> That's the color. Uh... Was it mauve? Mauve. mauve. Yeah. That's what he wants. Uh, that's his favorite color. He said it the week uh, earlier. Uh, the the thing that stood out to me about this whole segment is uh, the game night thing, and it, it's funny to me how it, it felt very outdated in general. Like you've got this guy who hosts a show about video games, and and kids nowadays they watch Twitch and they watch people play video games. If you're gonna do a gaming thing, why not tie in up, up, down, down? Put that together, make that the thing. But instead. We're watching them do charades where they reference a song that's 20 years old and a movie that's almost 30 years old uh, before going on to Pictionary, which I don't think anyone under the age of 35 plays regularly. I don't Jack, know. It goes back to what I just said a minute ago. 
Vince is involved in Raw. <laughs> Him and Linda had a date night with Dick Ebersole and his wife in 1988, <laughs> and they played Pictionary and fucking Jenga. And that's, that's back when Pictionary was new. That was cutting edge shit. The cutting edge. I they mean, fondue. And again, I don't know Vince, but I know Stephanie, and I know Shane, and Triple H, and I love all of them for their respective reasons. But I'm speaking honestly here. This was a, this is this is just flashback of what Vince knows. It, it it really to me, like I said, that song they're referencing is 20 years old. I mean, you have Bad Bunny on here. I guarantee Bad Bunny's huge. I bet most of the people that listen to Bad Bunny regularly aren't listening to Vanessa Carlton regularly. No, like it's such a is an all time. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, wow. draw, he'll draw a sun and he won't know what it is. The big yeah, thing. And, and we're calling Braun the dumb one. He didn't know yeah. what a sun was. <laughs> I don't think Vince actually knows what a thousand miles by Vanessa Carlin is. I don't think Vince is familiar with that. I think <laughs> actually, Justin, you probably know more about the man than any of us. What music do you think Vince listens to? He and I he and I share. I know this for a fact. I've sat <laughs> I've sat with Shane McMahon. I can confirm this. Yeah. Vince and there's many videos. There's many other videos that confirm this. Vince's favorite band, like my favorite rock band, because I'm a multi-genre. My favorite rock band is ACDC. Vince loves Vince. Actually, in the gym, there's actually the, the recent video that um, I forget who tweeted. I forget who uh, put it out there. There was a video last week that surfaced of Vince at 75, amazingly doing some crazy lifts, and he's in the WWE gym. ACDC's playing, but it is not. It's not a, a, a conventional studio. It was a 2009 live i think they were oh yeah live. they did a rock band did like an edition with that yeah it was a live 09 from i think yeah. they were maybe in south america but like it's a very like vince is a ac and jim ross talk to jim, jim ross to tell you stories of riding vince back in the 90s where vince is speeding like a speed demon and acdc's blaring and he's doing fart jokes like that's like vince is an acdc guy which so which not surprisingly acdc is the theme the the song uh are you ready is the theme song for smackdown and they've had some other mm -hmm. Uh, oh yeah, they do a lot of them, don't they? Yeah. So ACDC is great, though. I like ACDC. I'm, I, just, I, I'm just saying the references seem very old. If you're trying to reach a certain demographic, is all I'm yes, saying. Yes. I mean, the, the the day that Vince McMahon gets a TikTok will be a, a wonderful thing of modern <laughs> culture. I feel like I just be him yelling at it, not knowing how it works. <laughs> 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 uh, Pumpkinhead Neo Akira $5 saying if the great Kali can get into the Hall of Fame almost has a chance so there have been a couple of Hall of Fame announcements uh, what are the most recent ones Justin? Uh, so great Kali was announced this past week uh, I mean we all make jokes yeah I mean but obviously let's, let's keep in mind the business end, this business end of it uh, he's a huge star in India I mean so and, and they're always expanding in that part of the world so I even tweeted and made a joke about like if there's ever a year for the taped speeches like it's going to be this year it's the year for Kali to go in but all kidding aside congrats he is a big deal in his part of the world where he's from so i get it's a business that's why they do it Kali's going in kane's going in if you did not see the video i'm pumping for wb here it's from the bump they're the mm -hmm. morning show the undertaker sitting in his car on facetime <laughs> with with kane glenn jacobs they legit surprised glenn and announced that he's going in kane Glenn, whoever you want to call him, uh, tearing up, tearing up, uh, uh, emotionally shocked by that. That's cool. And RVD, the final, uh, final member of the, of the whole thing class, I think it was announced officially today. RVD going in, so RVD, you know, very well deserving uh, ECW original. So, Undertaker uh, did it from his car. 
Well, he, well, yeah, he's in the, he was in the front seat of his truck. Like, well, when you care enough to send a cameo, you know, <laughs> well, the car. You know. I mean, yeah, look, the, the bump is every morning. He, he might have been oh, on his okay. way back from dropping kids off to school or from the gym. I mean, you know, the Undertaker's got a busy home life these days. He's <laughs> That's the reality show I want to see. I want to see the Undertaker picking up dry cleaning. <laughs> right. And no one recognizing him and him always trying to be recognized. <laughs> yeah. I'll say uh, again, going back to the fans thing, I mean, I'm kind of sad that Kane's going in on, again on a year where there's no fans because he's such a well-spoken, articulate, smart guy with such a great backstory of a character, so many stories. Everybody loves him. Kind of yeah. sucks. Kind of sucks he's not going to have that live crowd, but. Yeah. No, it'll, it'll work out. He's running for office again, though, so yeah. it'll probably play into that a little bit, but. This, he totally deserves it. I'm super happy for him. Happy for RVD. Happy for Eric Bischoff. I'm happy for Great Collie. I think Great Collie deserves it, whether or not he's got a lot of fans in India. I think. I mean, he was a world champion. Like, yeah. I think he fits it. He had a lot of big moments, whether or not he was someone's favorite wrestler. There's, there's others Jack, in there. Uh, Jack, 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 Jack. <laughs> he was uh, he, he was world champion because a lot of guys got suspended in the same week. Uh, hey, sometimes showing up is half the battle. <laughs> the best ability is availability. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Hence, you've proven Raj in the mountain. Your best trades are available tonight. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lonzo asking, will Undertaker induct Kane into the Hall of Fame? I would think so. Yeah, they haven't yeah. announced. Kane was actually asked, uh, and he, he kind of was coy about it. He didn't confirm or oh. deny Undertaker. So. Oh, and then Tuck Raff pointing out he could be inducted again in Team Hell No, et cetera. There's yeah. options. Uh, let's talk about the Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss promos tonight. Man, they really pumped the brakes on this storyline being cool, huh? <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I don't know where you guys fall on Randy Orton, but like for me, I put him top ten all time. So wow. uh, I think every time he talks, he it feels important. Everything he does feels special. Every rivalry he's had for years have been amazing. I, he solidified Drew McIntyre, in my opinion. His feud with Edge had a match dubbed the greatest wrestling match of all time. Uh, and I think like his matches with like AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio, Kofi Kingston, he's been lights out until The Fiend. And I know this is where everyone might not like me. I know everyone likes The Fiend. I know he's a fan favorite. I know people are behind the idea of how great Bray Wyatt can be. But he's got a sneaky bad streak of terrible rivalries. Like whether it's Orton or Strowman or Goldberg or Rollins. And I know everyone wants to blame the people in the back for this, but at what point does it fall on the fiend? Every rivalry <sighs> he is in is bad. And I like when he debuted. I like the idea when I see him, he checks all the boxes for me, but I'm just sat here wondering when was the last time I was really excited about a fiends match. And I think it hasn't been since hell in a cell. Fire thing was, different. yeah, yeah. See, I'm kind of opposite. Uh, first, of the story. I mean, I'm kind of impressed by the fact that this story, you know, had a at a pinnacle moment in December of Orton setting the fiend on fire, and here we are in March, and they've actually still been able to keep it going. That's an eternity in today's WWE timeline. So, I'm impressed by that, and I think a lot of credit goes to Alexa Bliss. Um, I get what Jack is saying. I don't know what the answer is. I don't have an answer to Jack's question or, or critique. I don't know if it's if, if they book themselves into a hocus pocus corner 
<laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Um, I, I, I truly don't. I don't have any other. I don't have. A, I don't have a punchline. I don't know what it is. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this. I love Randy Orton, and, and Randy Orton is top ten, maybe he's top five. I don't know where. It, again, depends on what you're grading on. Randy Orton. The biggest knock I can ever give on Randy Orton's career. Hmm. The biggest knock I can give is Randy had a period where he was kind of in neutral, and it was only because he had accomplished and broke records of accomplishing such at such a young age that they ran out of shit for him to do. <laughs> he became the youngest world champion. He had won rumbles. He beat this guy. He beat that guy. He legend killed this legend killed that. He had a period from like when basically it was just he and Cena when mm-hmm. Taker, Triple H and a, a ton of guys decided to go stop being full time. <laughs> it was just basically him and Cena, you know, things kind of got stale. Randy Orton's a uh, gold. His promos are gold. I'm gonna. I'm buying into this because I'm buying into this. And again, maybe they booked themselves in the corner, but I'm buying into it. Because it's like, all right, this is not a pre-taped Firefly Funhouse match, at least which is weird. So it, it doesn't seem so. Should Rand, I know for a fact Randy is relishing being in front of the fans. So this is going to be a match between he and the Fiend. I don't know what else you can do after you burned burned him alive yeah and, and they doubled down tonight with alexa saying legend killer you're gonna be killed like i don't know what stunt they can pull off live that can top what they've done but i'll tell you what i'm here for it and i hope they don't disappoint me yeah and i was gonna say i you know and and i just want to read her like i like bray wyatt like i like the feet like when you when i think about it I'm like i like this character i like the music i like the the look i like the i like the firefly funhouse thing i like the different duality between bray wyatt and the actual fiend i like i just every time he's in a feud i think well this one's not good but the next one will be really good i bet no this one's not good but the next one will be really good about he's been around for a, a while now and i keep saying that i think like i said for me it was like that the 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 hell in a cell since then i've i've been thinking well maybe if he can get going again but i don't know i just every every time he does something I'm like yeah maybe not this one it'll, it'll be the next one and it, at some point it's hard for me to to blame other people you know it's hard for me to blame the the people he's having rivalries with or whoever's you know booking things or whatever it becomes hard for me to do that when it happens again and again and again over and over and over again. I because right now I want I, I'm I'm ready for this to be over. I'm ready for both Randy Orton and the Fiend to move on to their next things. But this is the first time I've felt that way about Orton in a long time. Hmm. I just I think the burnt fiend makeup looks so bad. Like that getup is so bad. And it's even Alexis Promo tonight. Alexis Promo tonight was actually pretty creepy, pretty good. And then when they zoom out and the fiend like melted was something they shot like a melted army man like just sitting on the swing like i mean just so cheesy looking like this is this is what i would be embarrassed if someone else were in the room and i was watching this not the miz morrison video no that's i would have been more embarrassed if somebody walked in the room when the hey hey hip-hop oh i don't know (laughs) but the melted fiend I i would just hope that they would not be looking at the screen to see the melted fiend like it's a bad it's not cool and and we're not even talking about the fact that orton and Bray Wyatt was in Orlando for Mania a couple years ago. I mean, and that was where they tried to do the whole. That was bad. LED. Uh, House of Horrors. Yeah, on the rings. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I hope they surprise me. 
I, I, you know, there's there's some things with the Fiend that I don't blame on him. H- him losing to Seth Rollins a couple years ago in the Hell in a Cell was terribly booking, and they yeah they uh, they redeemed themselves in Saudi Arabia. What a phrase! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they did. <laughs> they did. Really uh, need some context on that one for yeah. paying attention. Don't <laughs> don't take that one out of context, folks. Uh, let's talk about a legitimate high point tonight. Naomi got a win over Shayna Baszler. Well, it's not really a high point because the, let's just fast forward to then what happens later in the next women's segment. Naomi beat, and I love Naomi. She beats Shayna, and then Shayna comes out acting like she's a, a damn world beater in her promo to Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Yeah, this was another one of those weird things where I was really glad. But when this, when this match started, I was really excited because – I like seeing a lot of these women on like have shots on TV. Like Baszler and uh, Jax obviously have had chances, but Naomi's someone who has a huge fan base that seems to follow her on Twitter and everything else, and she's great. And I feel like she checks a lot of those boxes that people would want to see her on TV. So her on TV is great. Yeah. Personally, I'm a fan of Lana. I know she rubs some people the wrong way, but I think she gets. I think she does her job very well. Uh, I like Mandy Rose and um, uh, uh, Dana Brooke. As a team, I, I know they're not the most, uh, they don't stand out and don't have the most flash in the world, but I think they feel like a tag team because they kind of look similar and whatnot. And so I feel like all these people being on TV are great. But then it was another example of a champion getting beat right before WrestleMania, right before the, this is when they're supposed to be at the peak of their powers. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I felt like it didn't, I didn't like, especially someone like Shayna Baszler, who I think is a world beater, who should be a world beater, who should be someone who is just dominating people. Taking another L, it just, I didn't, I didn't like how that, how it all worked out. But I mean, I'm glad Naomi got a win. I'm glad she was on TV. So I guess that was a, a plus in the segment. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about this contract signing between Rhea Ripley and Asuka. Before we went on the air tonight, weren't there things of like, oh, Charlotte's backstage at Raw tonight? I feel like yeah. a lot of people were expecting her to come out and crash the party. Yeah, so I mean, Charlotte was there. I guess the the, the other news story that we <clears throat> didn't advertise for this that kind of broke as Raw went on. Uh, Charlotte was uh, apparently there tonight backstage. Uh, Andrade uh, was very vocal tonight on social media across several platforms. Andrade, of course, just recently released per his request. And he, I don't have it in front of me, so please go look at this. Wrestling has it. I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to try to paraphrase as accurate as possible. Andrade opened up about his release, but he said that one of the things that bothered him about uh, WWE was that the WWE doctors had said that Charlotte tested uh, certain, that she had tested that she was pregnant and then so she goes in and takes pregnancy tests and this and that and she's not in fact pregnant um and that that they basically booted her off of storyline booted her off of tv during a storyline mm. and so like that's what andrade had said and again the, the, this is also being translated uh charlotte has then come out her team has then sent a kind of a response saying yeah what andrade is saying is correct but let's give you some context to to fill it in and basically, it was like you know, the WWE doctor said, "Yeah, your your certain levels of a certain hormone were high, so we think that means it's pregnancy." She goes and gets tested, and it's negative. 
Um, and, 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 and the timeline between that, we're taking off TV, plus also Andrade and her testing for COVID-19. It's a very weird and muddy timeline. Uh, I probably did not do that justice. Again, I, I'm, I have nothing in front of me. I'm, I'm doing this all from memory from what I read. So please go to wrestlinginc.com and, and we have it all there. But yeah, there was a lot of speculation that oh, Charlotte's going to get inserted. Rhea Ripley even answered questions in an interview late mm-hmm. in tonight, an interview she did uh, uh, with a, a different media companies asking, hey, is Charlotte going to be uh, added to your match as a triple threat? And she kind of acknowledged, okay, maybe, but I'd like to have a one-on-one match. Obviously, it didn't happen. I have to think at this point, it's not going to happen. But yeah, it's a very weird situation that Charlotte, who's one of the f- building blocks of the company, and then her real life fiance, who she lives with, very unhappy. He's got his release. Good for him. Going to go do whatever he wants. Doesn't have a 90 day non compete. It, it, this is a, a very weird soap opera that's blending into you know, real life right now. But uh, again, wrestling.com has everything that can give you much better than what I just did. I want to stress that. And of course, uh, the Rhea Oscar segment ended with them both shaking hands and respecting one another and saying, we're going to have a great match at Mania. I'll see you there. Uh, Jackson counts 499 saying off to bed. You kiddos work in the morning. Great podcast as always. Thank you, Jackson. Jackson is going to come out to Las Vegas when I move there to uh, redo my bathrooms. I'm hiring him to redo my bathrooms. I was thinking, I told the wife, I want the guest bathroom to recreate the feeling of a bathroom at a dive bar that uh, we'll just, you know, put stickers everywhere, have people Sharpie the walls. Sometimes we'll just take the toilet seat off completely just to really get that authentic experience. And then when the toilet seat's on, we'll carve things into it. So it'll feel just like you're at your favorite bar where you're afraid to sit down. Where's the puke going to be? Oh, that's on the floor. You know, although the room is going to smell of way too many cleaning chemicals, because I think that's really the authentic experience. Well, as long as there's ice in a urinal, you're good. It's true. (laughs) Oh, my God. I want a urinal in my house so bad. Jackson, let me know if you can hook me up with installing a urinal, preferably in my office studio. I could just do the podcast and walk right over. If you're going for the dive bar feel, you got to be pissing in a horse trough. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to do a trough. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sean Hunter, $5 saying, where's sweater Bray? Like Alexa is doing a great job, but she seems like she's still in the driver's seat with this feud, even though the fiend is back. I, I think with Alexa, what do you need? What do you need sweater Bray for? Well, perhaps burnt Bray isn't doing it for me. Like yeah, this but is what, but, but sweater Bray doesn't make sense. He's the, the Jack, he's the, he's the good guy persona out of the Jack on Hyde. I mean, Randy burned him. So at this point, we are all enough. We're, we're all in on on the the tortured soul. The, you know, you can't see yeah. sweater Bray. Who um, are we supposed to be rooting for in that? By the way. Oh, I don't know. Braun or or, or um, I'm sorry, Orton or uh, Bray. I don't know. I don't know who Alexa. I'm supposed to be rooting for. I have no. I have no ethics online for this match. <laughs> Um, and then uh, Shayna and Nia came out with Reginald and they challenged Asuka and Rhea to a tag match for next week. Uh, then we had Ricochet who stepped up to take on Drew McIntyre to try and take out Drew McIntyre tonight. And if you thought this was the resurgence of Ricochet, uh, it was not. Uh, he got beat pretty easily. And then Mustafa Ali attacked and then he got beat. And then Drew was out there. Then... And this just to wrap this wrap this up, or yeah. like th- this whole thing was kind of like sums up what's wrong with this. Drew goes into the locker room, which is a rare time. They normally show every every superstar gets their own locker room. This is a rare time you see kind of a shoot situation of like here's this big locker room, here's all these guys, heels and faces all in there. 
So I guess props on them for kind of towing that line. And just to sum it up for people that didn't see it, Drew basically just hollered out and said, all y'all are bitches. <laughs> y'all have a chance to get a WrestleMania match, and you're all scared to even come after me. You know, and like he like punks out Humberto, he punks out, I think, Garza. Braun, I have to fight Shane. That's more important. <laughs> so Braun's out of this. And then like he stares down Ricochet, and Ricochet's like, oh, if you want to fight, yeah, we'll fight. <laughs> this just this was like such the flaw in this. I don't mind Bobby Lashley and MVP putting a bounty on his head. That's actually kind of that's cool. That's gangster hurt business, I guess. But the fact that okay, the babyfaces are so heroic and so noble, they don't want to attack the babyface champion. Okay, but all the heels, they should be lying up. This is heel one hundred and one. You have a chance to to. Chicken shit your way to WrestleMania as a for a title well, shot and Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin, which he I does wasn't he, even sure what roster he's on. He, is he on Raw? You know he's on SmackDown. That's what I so thought. Which makes him look like the brilliant one that he comes from the other roster, the other, the other lock, the other locker room that's a thousand yards away apparently. But like this, just this whole thing, a valiant effort for them going and shooting it the way they did. But it just it just sums up like, man, you're making your whole heel roster just look like punks. Yeah, you make a good point. It would have been interesting if throughout the night we saw a different heels kind of going after Drew uh, and him fighting them off instead of nothing all night and then him just booking a match with Ricochet. Because, uh, yeah, basically no one took him up on it. No one went. And I don't really understand where Bobby Lashley's coming from with this either. And that's that's my frustration with with this whole thing is, Bobby Lashley doesn't want his guys on his team anymore because they're not good enough. So he's hiring out just anybody from the locker room. But then the whole time they're talking about how dangerous Bobby Lashley is and how he's the toughest guy around also. But now he's he's like scared to take on Drew, but he's not scared to take on Drew. I don't really get what that dynamic is. It was... It, I don't know. It was it, it was very weird, and I don't think it made Lashley come off looking as a like a dominant champ. And I at this point beating Ricochet, I don't think makes Drew look amazing. I thought Ricochet looked amazing in the match for what time he had, uh, and Mustafa Ali looked great for what time he had. Um, but I don't know if I'm like more geared up for Lashley versus Drew at Mania. You no, know? Yeah, Mustafa looked great. No, after you see it. You go, all right, so Shelton and Cedric at least had enough balls to, like, throw, start swinging at Lashley. Yeah. And then you have the rest of these heels that won't do anything. They won't even sneak attack Drew. It's like, well, if you're Lashley, well, you might want to keep Shelton and Cedric around because they're the ballsiest of the heels you got. (laughs) It was a very convoluted. And we end tonight with Lashley applying the hurt lock to Drew. Uh, Drew knocked out. And uh, Bobby and, and uh, Corbin standing uh, with the title. And, and this so makes Corbin look good. He's coming from SmackDown, so he's opportunistic. He's he's a heels heel. He's such a great heel. I don't yeah. believe in I don't believe in X Pac heat. So f off of that shit. Um, I don't know why I just censored the F word, but I said shit. Yeah, like here we are, like an hour 30 in. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, this looks good for Corbin, but yeah, the whole thing in the grand scheme of things, it just it, it doesn't make sense. But let's just shove it all away. Let's just hope that we get a good lashing McIntyre match. 
Yeah, I thought Corbin. I thought I, this was one of the times where I thought someone coming from SmackDown was good. Sometimes it, it happens, and you're like, "Oh, this is like they're they just can't make their mind up on what brand they're on." But I thought this was good. I thought he looked great. I thought the the big thing that was uh, that stood out to me at the very end was as Corbin and Lashley were in the ring beating up on Drew. MVP said. This is the hurt business, and it makes me wonder oh. if this pairing is a bigger connection than just someone coming over for a week or two. But maybe this is the new version of what the hurt business is going to be, which I would be fine with because that kind of goes back, bringing this all for full circle. You know, Jack, we talked about at the beginning mm-hmm. like, why would you dismantle this great stable just before Mania? So, if they can keep the stable around, that would be better. You know, I mean, and Corbin again is a heat magnet, so he certainly fits. So, I, yeah, I, I didn't catch. I I knew MVP was on the commentary. I didn't catch him saying that, but that would be a good a good explanation of things there. Yeah, and let's talk about MVP on commentary tonight. I thought he was good. I liked him. I like yeah. MVP though, so I'm a little biased. My I I made the biggest mistake though of of that you can do in wrestling. And when he went on commentary, I started trying to guess what that meant. I thought what that meant was that later in the night, it was going to be Samoa Joe coming after Drew. So the whole night, I had my hopes up for Samoa Joe coming back, and he didn't. And so my 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 hopes were dashed, but it was my own fault. I did it to myself. It's not it's no one's fault but my own. Fantasy booked yourself into a yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack worked himself. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, I, I like I'm a big I, I too an MVP fan. Um, I've gotten to work with him in the ring before. Like he's a he's a, a very well articulate, very smart guy to the business. Uh, you know, contrary to maybe what his character might portray at times. But this definitely felt like they were auditioning him for the third man in the booth. I, and I don't know why. I mean, like SmackDown, two man booth is all you need. You got Michael Cole, who he's not the greatest play by play guy ever, but he knows how to handle WWE's traffic and production of hosting television. And Corey Graves is the best color guy they got. So they work well. You know, Raw seems just dead again. I don't, I don't know if it's a Vince thing or not. They seem dedicated to the one of three man booth. Joe wasn't there for whatever reason. I don't know. So they they plugged MVP in. So MVP certainly earned his paycheck, if not overtime. But it certainly felt like they, they that they were auditioning him because they kept him out there the whole time and made him apply mm. his apply his uh, you know his heel analysis to every other storyline unrelated to the hurt business. Oh, I don't know what's up with uh, with the what you know what's going on with Samoa Joe, but uh, this felt like audition. And so that was Raw tonight. It was there. Yeah, we got through it. That wasn't too bad. Nine, <laughs> 90, 90 minutes later, with ah, that fifteen minutes, it took us fifteen minutes to even get into it. We so we kind of stalled. <laughs> we got anything else, Justin? We good? Yeah. We're gonna go play some Fortnite. Try and unwind. Forget this. You're gonna go unwind. It's twelve forty-seven a.m. Eastern time. You, you two West Coast snobs can go. Where are you located, Jack? I'm in uh, Los Angeles. Oh, nice. So I'm uh, gonna be a California resident for like another two weeks. Where are you? Then I'm, I'm uh, just north of San Francisco, up in lovely oh, okay. Sonoma County. But uh, soon I will be a resident of Nevada. And, uh, mm. Looking forward to that. Uh, they, got, gonna... they, got, they got great bathrooms there. You're gonna love it. I think it's going to be, well, I'm not saying I want that for my master bath. Like <laughs> I want you to redo like my entire shower, like a dive bar. No, I think a guest bathroom with the theme would be kind of fun. You know, I think it's great. And my wife, when I was pitching the idea, turned to me and said, so you really don't care about ever being able to sell this house, do you? 
I was like, I'm not thinking that. I'm not thinking that going in. It's going to be about fun, doing fun stuff, yeah. making a go of it. You know, can't afford to live fancy, so just going to live creative. That's where it's at. <laughs> no, not like Raj Geary up in the mountains. There's an undisclosed location. <laughs> you need a helicopter to get there. Stories. No, I'm looking forward to it. California's been good. I've lived in California for the major—I mean, the vast, like probably 37 years of my life. 30, probably going up on 40. So yeah, it's gonna be no. It's gonna be fun by moving after Mania weekend. So I might be taking some time off around mm. then. Uh oh. Uh, people asking in the chat, Justin, have you heard any up update on Road Dog? We didn't talk about that. Uh yeah, I um. He, uh, Road Dog had a heart attack a couple days ago. He, the last I got update I got from his immediate family a couple hours ago. He, um, he's still in the hospital. His heart catheter has been delayed until tomorrow, so they're hopeful. But uh, all, all things point towards they're hopeful that he's going to be out eventually, yeah. and and okay. So I don't hey. want to say I don't want to say I, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't want to say much more. Cause I don't know what else is out there. No, but no, that, I understand. That's what I understand. it is. But no, I mean, hey, in a situation like this, being in a hospital is the best place you can be. So yeah, yeah, no, he's in a great hospital. I, I I did speak to him yesterday. He's in good spirits, and uh, you know, he's got a lot of love coming to his way. So well, our, our thoughts are with him, him certainly. Uh, Jack Farmer, thanks for joining us tonight. He's at Real Jack Farmer on Twitter. He's at Justin Labar, MacLean Rubenstein. Thanks again to Stereo for sponsoring this episode. Be sure to download that Stereo app for iOS or Android. Follow myself, Glenn Rubenstein. Follow Matt Morgan. Follow NYC Demon Diva. You'll be notified when we go live. And Matt Morgan and I will be coming back to Stereo this week. We thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. And uh, have a good night, everyone. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.